All right. What up, kind of bitches? excited. Kind of excited that we get like a spooky book because it's coming out the week of Halloween. The episode is. Wait, uh, yes. That yeah, is such good so, timing. Yeah, we're discussing a book with like ghosts and vegans and transphobia. Hell Super yeah. Super scary shit. Anyway. And it's near Halloween, which is near when the book is based. Actually, okay, wait, no, because the book starts. No, it's two like days perfect before, timing, right? The book starts two days before Halloween, right? Which means episode our episode comes out two days before Halloween. Oh my God. No, it's immersive. You're so right. It comes right? out on the 29th. <laughs> That's beautiful. We could not have planned this better. We didn't, we didn't plan we didn't this. Plan this. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise. Let's get into it. Hello, and welcome to Young Adult Adult Reviews, where two young-ish adults review books meant for much younger adults. Or children. I'm Chloe. And I'm Honor. And this week, we are discussing Cemetery Boys by Aiden Thomas. If you haven't read it yet, here's the spoiler warning. Uh, we would like to include a content warning in this episode for the discussion of transphobia. And without further ado, let's get into it. Yadriel is a gay trans teen who is determined to prove his identity to his conservative Latinx family. He is a part of a community known as the Brujics, made up of witches who live in a graveyard. Because Yadriel is trans, he was not allowed to become a brujo because his family believed that their god, Lady Death, would not accept him as anything besides a bruja. Yadriel <laughs> decides to take things into his own hands and holds his own quinces with his vegan cousin Maritza, who has made him a portaje, his ceremonial knife that he will cut his tongue with to be able to do magic with Lady Death. The quinces goes great. All Yadriel has to do is summon and release a spirit to the afterlife. Unfortunately, he and Maritza feel a death in their community. Their cousin Miguel has died. Yadriel is not allowed to take part in the search efforts for the body, so he sets out with Maritza again to search for it and release it himself. They find a necklace in an old church in the cemetery, assume it must be Miguel's tether, and summon him. Only that's not Miguel. It's Julian Diaz, the resident bad boy of Yadriel's school, and he refuses to be released. Hijinks ensue, Julian is quite the character, and Yadriel has trouble keeping him hidden and under control. But maybe there's something endearing about Julian's recklessness. Maybe it's something Yadriel grows to even love. Dia de Muertos is coming soon. Yadriel, now a brujo, is determined to take part in this year's Aquilare. But Julian is swiftly turning maligno, a corruption of spirits who have been around for too long. He is running out of time to find out what happened to him, not to mention the search efforts for Miguel have been fruitless. Julian comes to terms with his appending corruption and tells Yadriel that he agrees to pass over willingly. They have a super fun last day on earth on Halloween and they share a little smooch. Yadriel takes Julian back to the church where they met Aww. to release him. But before he can, he relives his murder and flickers away. Um, that's not supposed to happen. Maritza and Yadriel poke around and find a hidden staircase that leads downstairs to where Yadriel's uncle Catrice is performing human sacrifices for power. Uh-oh, he has Miguel and Julian. In an epic last fight, Catrice gets dragged down to hell and Yadriel sacrifices himself to bring the sacrifices back. But with the power of being a vegan, I guess, Maritza saves Yadriel. <laughs> Yads and Julian recover together and make it to the Aquilare to see Yadriel's dead mom welcome him into the community as a brujo. Change, though slow, will come to the Brujex community. And that's, that, that's a story, short and sweet. The end. Uh, Honor, what did you think of this book? I loved it. I did think it had a little bit 
slow moments. I would have wished there was more mystery throughout the book rather than kind of just the beginning and just the end. But I loved the romance. I loved all the connections with the characters. I really enjoyed how much realism there was with the feelings and the emotions and the like transphobic ideas that were portrayed here. I thought everything was really incredibly well done. And even though like I am not a part of that community, I got a better understanding of what it's like being on the other side of something like that. Yeah, absolutely. I think I would definitely agree. Like I loved this book pretty much from start to finish. It was like a super easy read because I was like intimidated because I opened the books and I saw I saw the text was really small and I was like, oh, right. But, um, <laughs> yeah, no, the text is so small and for what? But like it didn't even matter because I was reading it like no one's fucking business. It was so good. I probably could have finished it in a day if my schedule allowed it. I think for me, like the first chapter was the hardest to like get through. And after that, it was just so smooth sailing. Mm -hmm. The first chapter does have a lot of world building. Mm -hmm. I wasn't, I don't think I was as caught off guard with it as you were, but I really enjoyed how uh, Aiden built up the world. We should probably get this out of the way. Uh, According to Twitter, which I'm assuming is the most up-to-date information on this, uh, Aiden Thomas's pronouns uh, are he, they, so... We're going to be mm-hmm. using those during the episode. And you should too, because if they you have, don't, then what the fuck? In the author biography at the back of the book, they have they as the pronouns. That's yeah, but on Twitter, you... it says he, they. So I'm trusting that one. I'm just going to use they because I know that one's okay. For sure. I do totally agree with you in that I wish there was more mystery because they they planted like certain little clues that led up to the end. But overall, it was like a romance story, which I'm not complaining about. I totally loved it. Um, they were so cute. Yeah, and the the characters were especially very strong in this uh, book. It, it it started with this great setup for a mystery, but Yadriel wasn't really actively seeking out the mystery, and I don't know if that uh, contributed to this at all, because he was like, yeah, I'd like to find Julian's body, potentially, but that wasn't the main focus, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that contributed to him just kind of stumbling into the conspiracy at the end well it's funny because he was trying to find Miguel and that was like what he was all into even after Julian kind of first came into the picture before they Mm -hmm. fell in love with each other and he was like oh I'm gonna solve this mystery and everything but even then he wasn't like actively searching out anything like after he found Julian's necklace he was like yeah I'm gonna find Miguel but then he didn't do anything to do that so I was like sir (laughs) No, right. But it really is just something that he kind of stumbles into at the end because his abuelita like talks about like, oh, la, la gara de jaguar or whatever, uh, which is like uh, the ceremonial knives, of course, that his uncle Catrice has been using to perform the human sacrifice. And uh, they're missing. And his, his grandma's like, oh, my God, where are they? That's crazy. If anyone sees me, let them know. Which don't you think you should keep a closer eye on that and be less casual about it if it goes missing? If they're like literally things that you can use to perform human sacrifices to gain immense power. Yeah, I feel like you would be a lot more on top of that. She's like, I'm gonna just keep it in my garage. This is fine. Yeah, she's like, I haven't seen them in a while. If anyone has, let me know. And everyone's like, oh, Lita. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Well, because they all kind of took it as just like an old wives' tale sort of thing. That's true. Like, this is just for decoration now at this point. But it's like they forgot that there were the actual, were they swords? They were knives. Knives. They were like daggers. They were the actual knives that were used. And so they're not decorative knives. Like, 
these actually could still perform those rituals and sacrifices and they were like eh. I would like to say though uh Catrice really surprised me and him being okay it didn't surprise me like looking back I saw it coming Mm -hmm. but basically uh Catrice's whole thing is that he is this outcast because there's this thing called the dilution of power that basically makes uh the Bruhix community of today way weaker than the Bruhix community of like 2,000 years ago Mm -hmm. so Catrice is like kind of a victim of that dilution of power and he can't do magic at all or else he'll die and so as a result he's kind of been like shunned out of this community and Yadriel kind of bonds with him over that because Yadriel is also like not allowed to do magic so they're barred from this integral aspect of their culture that everyone else takes part in but they say that they can't because they're different I'm not gonna lie I thought Catrice was gay I thought that was the vibes I was picking up on not villain vibes (laughs) like is he gay or is he a villain I can't tell (laughs) it turns out he was a villain if he was gay did not know about it uh (laughs) Anyway, what did you think about the reveal at the end? I kind of sort of saw it coming, mostly because a lot of characters that are pushed out to the side like that have that villainous comeback in a way. Like, they're either really good characters and very supportive of the main character, or they're the villain. Like our boy Altair. Yeah. Never and forget. <laughs> we love Altair. And so it wasn't until about halfway through the book that I picked up which vibe it was because it was when he started arguing with the dad. Henrique, I was yeah. Like, yeah, that I was like, oh yeah, this, this is villain vibes. Um, and he was mentioned a little bit too much for it to just be the like supportive side uncle, you know? So it wasn't shocking. I would have hoped for better. <laughs> I did not pick up on the gay vibes, though. I thought it was going to be, like, he w- he was transgender as well. Yeah, because then the Julian, Julian yeah. gave Yadriel that whole speech of, like, oh, you're not the first. And Yadriel was like, yes, I am. And Julian's like, no fucking way you're not. <laughs> like, they might have hidden it, but you're not the first. Right, and, and like- so I thought that was why he didn't have magic, because he was using the wrong type of magic. Like, when Yadriel tried to use oh. the Bruja magic, it backfired. Yeah, because I thought that whole Julian speech was going to be related back to Tio Catrice, because mm-hmm. I, w- I was picking up on the vibes. Right. And then also that, because then also when he was arguing with Enrique, he was like, we need to change or else we are going to die out as a people. And Enrique was like, I don't want to hear it, Catrice. But <laughs> I also thought that that was him kind of arguing for himself, but I guess for himself in the way that I didn't pick up on, because I thought he was arguing on behalf of Yadriel as well. For mm-hmm. maybe issues that they identified with together. Which is like kind of how I was seeing things. But then it wasn't. And it was, Tio was just the villain. And it was like, oh, oh well. But then he got dragged down to hell. And it was like, that was cool. <laughs> you know the vibes that I picked up from this book? Hmm. I picked up like early thousands Halloween movie vibes. Like I want yes. this to be made in the style of an early thousands Halloween movie. Like Hocus Pocus Halloween Town. Don't you get these vibes? Yes, I get the vibes, especially with like the quick wrap up with the ending. Like it's yeah, it's not that scary, but it's like really dramatic, and you're like, what's gonna happen? But you're not like scared for their lives. No, it's like it's like a really long second act and a super short third act, which is like perfect. It like wraps. Nothing happens until like the last forty pages, and you have the whole romance as the like main character and the love interest like interact with each other, and you're like, that's so cute. And then you're like, oh yeah, we're in a Halloween movie. And they steal a car to go to a party, and then they like watch the sunset on the stolen car, and it's like a really cool car. That is such a movie moment, isn't that a? If we were a movie. (laughs) No, but 
this book cinematic written very much like a screenplay I feel like in terms of beats very good thing makes for an entertaining story that easily holds your attention no okay I was pleasantly surprised I didn't get the idea that Julian wasn't quite dead yet until the second time that Yadriel went to cut the cord and it Mm -hmm. wasn't snapping and I was like maybe he's just like half dead you're like wait a second (laughs) yeah I like did guess the twists of the of the ending like two pages before they happened but I still guessed it before (laughs) they happened so go me Yay, it counts. See, that one I did not pick up on. And that was because you had texted me the night before I got to that scene. And so Mm -hmm. I read your texts about it. And so I was like, I was like reading through and already seeing how that was going to become like that. Yeah, sorry. I I thought you were done by the time I texted you about it because I was reading at like 1 a.m. my time. So I was like, oh, she's definitely done. I fell asleep in the middle of reading. It was an unfortunate circumstance. So, but I, it was nice in a way because I could kind of see how those threads were all going to tie into each other to have Mm -hmm. that come about. I also liked that Yadril was like, oh, well, I have this tether to him and used that tether to go find his soul when it kind of vanished from just yeah after that scene I was like that's so smart because they would never have found it otherwise like <laughs> no literally but Julian was down there like half dead for a minute right yeah like, like <laughs> he survived half alive for two days yeah like Catrice, damn Catrice said that it was taking a long it took a long time to drain each body of the blood and the soul So I think that's why he lasted so long is because it was such a slow process. Mm. He was like drip drying the bodies. like (laughs) Hang them upside down, you know. Just casual sacrifice things. Okay, one thing that I really liked at the end of the book was uh, they went into Julian's point of view for one chapter. And I just want the whole book from Julian's point of view. I want, give me, give me, what was that one Twilight one that they rewrote from Edward's perspective? Oh, um... I want that, but yeah. Julian. What was that one? <laughs> was that Midnight Sun? It might have been Midnight Sun. I haven't read Twilight. I'm pretty sure it's Midnight uh, Sun. <laughs> but I, I, no, I think that would be really fun. I love that because it was written in third person point of view, but it was also like third person limited. Mm-hmm. So I just want to watch Julian fall in love with Yadriel because we saw how Yadriel fell in love with Julian, and I just, I just give me give it to me give it to me please I just like cute I liked the difference between like the moment they met and then like two hours later because Julian was like oh I'm so cool I'm so like bad he's ragging on everyone you'd think he'd be the like dark hair morally gray kind of person like because he's so like I don't care about anything that's happening like I'm so cool and suave kind of thing and then then by the end of the night he's like I am Labrador Retour <laughs> no literally he's give like me such a class attention type. he's like give me attention <laughs> please he's like I have accepted you now I will be myself and you will give me what I need <laughs> no, you literally. are my person now <laughs> okay Something that I was pleasantly surprised about. First of all, going into this book, I knew it was gay. Didn't know it had trans rap, but something yeah, that did see, surprise me. I was shocked me. by that because that was what I first heard about this book. And that's why I wanted to read it. So I was like, oh, that's I just cool. saw the boys on the cover and I was like, they're boys in a cemetery. They might kiss. <laughs> they might kiss. They're definitely but, not uh, six feet apart. They might kiss. 
I am glad though that they went the path where Julian wasn't the homophobic bad guy because mm-hmm. I thought he was totally gonna be like a closeted bully mm-hmm. but in, he was just very much out and not a bully at all right well because that's Which the was, kind like, of such a pleasant surprise to turn his character archetype on its head I feel right. like well, because that was kind of the vibe he gave with the first, like, meeting was he was kind of, like, pushing them around some and, like, being a bully. And Marisa was like, this is funny. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> the whole time. And then he just starts just accepting everything that's coming at him. And he's, like, super supportive. And he's, like, asking all these questions that's making Yadriel go, whoa, dude. Like, mm-hmm. don't tell me that, <laughs> like, <laughs> you can see more than I can, like, let myself see about me. No, right. Because something that I thought was going to like lead up into the whole like, oh, he's a bully kind of thing was he misgenders Yadriel mm-hmm. after they first meet. And I was like, oh, here we go. And he's going to get like educated, but he didn't need education. He already knew. Well, I think that was the turning point between the like standoffish self that he showed and his actual normal self, just happy vibes. Yeah. I also thought with that, I was like, oh, here we go. But he was like, oh, okay. And just referred as the he after that point. And I was like, that's good. Thank you. Yeah, because uh, I don't know if you like understood the Spanish or took the time to look it up. Because uh, when Yadriel goes to visit Julian's friends, uh, mm-hmm. there's graffiti that Julian did on the wall. It's signed uh, St. J. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Julian really identifies with St. Jude. So it's like kind of implied that it's him. But I don't know if you like took the well, time to... It, it is said that it was him because the handwriting was the same. Oh, yeah. It's like, it's like oh, a handwriting that he recognized. You're so true, bestie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But what, what the graffiti says is there are girls with penises, boys with vaginas, and transphobes without voices, I believe is what it says. And I was like, oh, because you'd think it'd be like, oh, this like group of like bad kids that like don't want to go to school and like they're probably like really homophobic, but they're not. They just like have been outed from their communities and their homes and they're looking for a place together. I think they kind of just give that vibe because they are trying very hard to protect themselves in a world that has been very much against them their entire lives Mm -hmm. which is really unfortunate but it's I think it's wonderful that they found a group that they can be so close together and trusting of yeah and I think that really speaks a lot about our conceptions of the world the fact that we were so ready and willing to assume that it was the opposite Mm -hmm. uh Because it's almost like the girls that Julian was there and they were like gossiping about him. They were like, oh, he's like from Colombia. He's in a gang. His dad was a Sicario kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And he was getting mad, of course, because it's not true. Not that our misconceptions went that deep, but I feel like the fact that we were willing to assume that they were- uh, The fact that we stereotyped them? The fact that we stereotyped them as morally bad or morally ambiguous, Mm -hmm. I think speaks a lot about society's conceptions about the type of people who like don't or can't come to school mm-hmm. instead of just like people who are trying their best and don't have a home we automatically think that oh they don't want to be there mm-hmm. you know I agree I think that says a lot so yeah no I wanted to talk about some of the things that need a translation in it and some of it Aiden Thomas very like easily gave like translations for it and then some of it there wasn't any translation for which I found a little bit frustrating because it's there's nothing wrong with not giving the translation, but it pulls the reader out of the story when they have to go look something up. And there was no like definition or glossary or anything like that for it. And I kind mm. of wish there had been. 
because there were just moments it was really well done where it was kind of like with we hunt the flame they gave the translation almost immediately mm-hmm. after but in a very subtle way and then there were moments where they gave nothing at all and I was like what just happened I can't relate because if I look at Spanish for long enough I realize what it says I can't mm-hmm. speak it very well or at all <laughs> but like I don't know I don't know if it's just like a product of my upbringing because like my grandma is fluent in Spanish I don't know mm-hmm. if you knew that uh but if I if I listen if if I listen to Spanish I can pick up enough to like understand what it's about and I don't know I felt that with this book because it wasn't the phrases aren't particularly complex in terms of what they use and when it's like really important when it's like a lot it's like oh they said this in Spanish and it's like the English phrasing mm-hmm. but it's like it was really cute when uh Julian was like can I steal a kiss and I was like that was adorable <laughs> that was so and then and then Julian called Yadriel his dearest okay I lost my mind at that one I was like oh my like all the bad stuff was going down and they were like is Yadriel gonna make it through and he's like my dearest and I was like and Enrique was like oh are you Yadriel's friend and he's right he's my dearest and his dad was like oh like I guess (laughs) his dad was like crazy his dad was like do y'all know this kid (laughs) (laughs) they're like who the hell is this No, but my, yeah, my biggest thing was just like, there's nothing wrong with not giving translations or anything, but there were so many that mm-hmm. had translations or they had the context well enough that you could understand that it was fine. But mm-hmm. usually those were the ones that I kind of understood just from what it was because they were similar enough to English. I was like, oh, okay, this means that mm-hmm. kind of an idea. But then there were some like the whole sentence that Julian wrote that wasn't translated or explained at all. And it was like, what, what is this? Mm-hmm. And I have like no background in Spanish at all. So from it's, Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's not why I don't have a background in Spanish because I could have taken a Spanish class. But well, just... the linguistic landscape of the American Southwest and Alabama is completely different. And one could argue that Spanish is more prevalent than, in one than the other. True. Well, and you living in, uh, in Arizona. Arizona probably helps with that too. No, right, because like I've grown up around Spanish my entire life and it's mm-hmm. like I don't speak it very well because my high school scheduling fucked me over. I wanted to take Spanish, but they put me in fucking German. <laughs> what the fuck am I going to do with German? Anyway. Anyway. We're, we're getting off track. We are. <laughs> what the fuck are we talking about? We were just talking about translations. That was it. I, I said my point. That was all. I just wish that there was a little bit more. Like, I feel like if you're going to include it, like be consistent throughout the book. Yeah, I would agree. I would say that the context surrounding the Spanish words was a little inconsistent because sometimes it would straight up explain things. And I think that was a very good clue in as to what was important to the plot. Because when they were talking about uh, Balmain, Maritza said like something cheeky. She was like, oh, it feels like Balmain is here. And then Yadro was like, do you really think Balmain, the ancient jaguar god, is in this building tonight? (laughs) (laughs) It was a little like tongue in cheek at points like that. And then other points it like did not tell you anything at all. But like you knew it was like romantic Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Like you know, like I don't think they explained my dear, but that one was like under you understood where that was coming from. You felt the power. You felt the power. And then especially with the dad's reaction, like, what the fuck? (laughs) Who is this kid? Whose kid is this? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, drills. Were you not listening? (laughs) Right. (laughs) I, I do like that Maritza 
I don't know if we ever explained Maritza's whole thing. Maritza's whole thing is that she's a vegan, but in order to use magic, you need to use animal blood. So she mm-hmm. just refuses to do magic. And so it's by choice that she's not using hers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, at the end, she uses human blood. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were discussing, we were like, whose blood is it? It might be the blood of the sacrifices on the floor. Yeah. Cause I went back and looked it up. And so Catrice had been draining their blood into the pool that yes. the jaguar had come from. And so that was the blood because they were in the pool, basically. That was the blood she used. So she used the sacrifice's blood, which I think was why it gave her that extra power. To bring Yadriel back from the dead because Yadriel's yes. pulse had like stopped. Yeah, because they also said that like because of all the the long lineage and the fact that the magic was kind of diluting itself, that that wasn't possible anymore. So I think because of the sacrifice and the fact that it had like kind of sort of gone through that it was able to work for her. I'll accept that. Okay. Cause at first I was like, not the vegan being OP, right? <laughs> not the vegan being the main character. Marisa was the main character in her own head, like for real. Oh, she definitely was. Like she uh, is a main character. With her pink and purple hair. I loved that hair. Okay. She's so good. I don't know. I would, Marisa's like the best friend that everyone needs. I was reading and I was like, do I want pink and purple hair? That's yes, a look. You do. That is a vibe. Marisa's a vibe. What can we say? She was the funniest out of all of them. Oh, she was so funny. Okay, her like categorizing them by zodiac signs, Yadriel being a Cancer and Julian being a Scorpio. Right. (laughs) Is your birthday next month by any chance? And Julian was like, yeah. He's like, how'd you know? (laughs) She's like, I told you. (laughs) Yadriel's like, I am so over her already. (laughs) What's what's Maritza's zodiac sign? Real quick. Dude, I don't know. Pisces. She does she does give Pisces vibes. She exudes Pisces to me. I don't know if that's right, but she has Pisces somewhere in her big three. Yeah. I don't know that she is Pisces, but I, I definitely get the Pisces vibe. Pi- Pisces sun, Leo rising, I'm calling it. Okay. Aiden Thomas, let me know if I'm right. Let's take <laughs> talk besties. Get all you hear is crickets. <laughs> anyway. I would like to talk about the emotional maturity of Yadriel and Julian. Ah, uh, yes. Oh my god. They, like, didn't fight at all about things that weren't important. Right? And even when they did fight, it was um, in a discussive manner rather than an attacking manner, which I thought was really nice. Because there's mm-hmm. so much nowadays that people argue and it's against each other it's not solving the problem and they were very much like we're going to solve the problem together and work together to like sort out what's happening kind of thing even if they got a little angry so good so good so good (laughs) no miscommunication trope between them which was really refreshing right it was so refreshing to read a a ya novel that didn't have them bickering over the stupidest shit it was like actual important things mm-hmm. like about family and your identity mm-hmm. kind of shit, which is like super important and very real conversations that you need to have as like a couple right but and like they didn't, the, they didn't waste time on any of the petty shit and they would talk about their emotions when they felt like they weren't being heard like when julian wanted to go to the school he explained why and like what was going on and why he didn't want to get left behind kind of a thing and yadriel's like yeah but and then marita was like you're still taking him <laughs> yeah no it was but they like a breath of fresh fucking air it was, it was young so love good. with none of the stuff that makes it irritating it was just cute Well, and I think that's needed because if people don't see examples of what healthy behavior is, how are they going to know and how are Mm -hmm. they going to use it? Exactly. They can't. Right. Yeah. 
So I think it's really refreshing that you have a book meant for young adults that shows so many good emotional responses and like healthy coping ways and things like that. Mm-hmm. Do you think that it's because they're not straight? Low key. I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'm not saying that most couples in YA novels are straight. Well, most couples in YA novels are straight, and like, they all have these fucking about? communication issues. Well, and there's so much that I feel like straight people just let so much slide that shouldn't. Oh my god. No, and I say that women are like notorious straight. for settling. Right? No, like absolutely. And there's no reason for that. And the straight men are very much like super toxic and like all of that and the women and, and they're like oh it's not a books, big deal just accept that because oh so, well he's good to me so it's okay mm-hmm. this is a fun story to read but that's not good behavior like don't accept that please stop yeah <laughs> if I this just was real life book. there'd be problems no right but like if this were real life it'd be perfectly fine right it'd be there perfectly are, fine because it's there such aren't. a healthy relationship that they have it's very refreshing seeing like such positive representation of a relationship in like a marginalized community mm-hmm. especially because god knows we're fucking tired of the miscommunication trope in straight and, relationships and it's very clear that's not necessary right i also loved that you saw them build up the relationship but there was no point where they fell apart and i feel like that mm-hmm. is so often used to drive the plot of a book where they like fall apart and everything's like awful and then they get back together and everything's la di da that never happened and that was really nice because you know sometimes when they fall apart they shouldn't be getting back together like right. just because you have feelings doesn't mean it's okay that they did all of that stuff but this none of that happened and it was like they were happy and healthy and good through the entire thing like you don't have to accept stuff like that it was so nice it was so yeah. nice they fought and they became stronger because of it. They didn't, yes. Yes. it didn't drive a wedge between them. It just brought them closer together, which is and how I, it should be. Exactly. And I think that goes back to the, they were arguing and working together to solve what they were arguing over rather than pitting themselves against each other. I love them. They're such a good couple. They are so good. And they're so cute together. The way like Yadril was like, I'm going to give up my life so that you can live. And then (laughs) Julian was like, I'm going to give up my life so you can live. Cut it out. (laughs) Cut it out. Cut it out. (laughs) But at the same time, it tackles these very delicate issues with a whole lot of fucking tact. Like Adrian Thomas does a great job. It's not just uh, LGBT issues. It's also, he tackles gang violence. He tackles immigration. Family relations. Just shit like that. And it's all these really sensitive topics that no one likes to talk about. And he just talks about all of them. He's like, let me discuss this with you guys. But I feel like it's really well done in a way that's like realistic and not purposefully triggering. Absolutely. Because I yeah. feel like there's a lot of times when topics like this are brought up, it's brought up in a way that is kind of meant to trigger that feeling, that uncomfortability that people get with it, with the topic, versus mm-hmm. this like very easily stated, like kind of here's what the problems are, but they don't have to be this way. Here's the, here's like correct responses to this situation as well. Mm-hmm. Here's, here's the the bad way to treat people that are like this, whether they're like in gangs, whether they have bad family relations, whether they're transphobic or whether they're like sexist or like any of this, or they're just like against vegans. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Marita was like, I am an ally. She's like, the vegan LGBT stands for vegan. <laughs> um, I forgot what I was saying. I was- <laughs> Sorry, I'm too funny. I know. I was basically trying to say that it was done in a really nice way 
that it teaches both the right and the wrong paths and approaches to take in situations like this rather than only showing the horrors of what happens. And I thought that I was agree. really nice. No, it's absolutely, it's not trauma porn. I think it's like what you're going for. <laughs> trauma no, because, porn. no, that's like a legitimate term that I've people use for the suffering. That. You've never heard about trauma I've porn? never heard about that. Okay, trauma porn is media that showcases a group's pain and trauma in excessive amounts for the sake of entertainment. Trauma porn is created not for the sake of marginalized communities, but instead to console or entertain the non-marginalized group. This is very much, Cemetery Boys is very much a piece of media that was written for the marginalized group. And it takes on an educational tone, I feel like, if you are not from these marginalized communities looking in and consuming this media. Yeah, I would agree with that. Because that's kind of what I was trying to say. And Mm -hmm. it's really interesting that that's bad enough that it has a whole genre. Oh, no, absolutely. It's terrible. (laughs) Especially Mm -hmm. in like media from like the early thousands. Uh, I'm like trying to think of examples, but... Yeah, I think it's like most most commonly seen with a representation of the Black community. But I would argue that for certain trans pieces of media, there is a trauma porn aspect to it as well. Mm-hmm. I would believe that, especially from some of the stuff that I've just heard about. It's been that way. But this is very much not. It's like you said, it was for that community rather than about. Probably because it's created by someone who is a part of that community, you know? Because Adrian Thomas identifies as a queer, trans, non-binary, and a himbo, in case you were curious. <laughs> I love that. No, I love that for them, right? right? <laughs> Which is probably why it doesn't read as trauma porn. Because mm-hmm. why would you want to fetishize that for someone else's entertainment when you are the person but that would be getting fetishized? Because that would be fucked up. That's really you know? weird. Yeah. You but definitely. I also think that this book is like a great example of how to write it if you are not someone from within that community. An example that I'd like to talk about is how Thomas approaches the dead name mm-hmm. of Yadriel. Basically, it just says like, she said his dead name mm-hmm. and it doesn't give that name any power, not even part of the word count on the fucking page, which mm-hmm. I really appreciate because it doesn't, it doesn't really even give you the chance to talk about that part of Yadriel because that part of Yadriel is not who he is, you know? It's gone. It's dead. <laughs> it's it's dead for a reason, you know? Exactly. You know, Yadriel kind of, very unfortunately, let people walk over him a little bit because he wasn't confident enough in who he was. Mm-hmm. He wanted others to accept him as he was accepting himself. And so I liked that in that particular scene because his abuelita mentioned his dead name and he went off on her as he should have Mm -hmm. there weren't very many other times that he stood up for himself that much but I think that was so very important that he stood up for that particular one Mm -hmm. yeah because throughout the course of the book uh Yadriel has like these really I don't want to say like beautiful sentiments because like looking out it's very easy to see how someone from the trans community could easily identify with this and that, mm-hmm. like, you're always apologizing. You're always saying, oh, it's okay. And you're apologizing for people not recognizing you for who you are. Mm-hmm. And you are apologizing for their actions, whereas they should be apologizing to you kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that's a sentiment that a lot of trans people can identify with because conflict is hard in the first place. Imagine someone looking you in the face and being like, that's not who you are. And you're like, but I said it was. And mm-hmm. you're like now apologize to me for it. It's, it's, it's an incredibly difficult struggle, but 
but I think it's very well represented because Yadriel is kind of coming into his own. It's a, it's a coming of age story. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a coming of age love story with a spooky flair. And I don't know, there's just like a lot about this book that there is to admire in how uh, Thomas approaches these issues. I agree. I think it was incredibly well done. And it's, like I said, it's very realistic. And I think it gives a good story for people to relate to that are both of the community and those who are trying to understand the community. Totally agree. And then if we look at Julian, of course, who I think helps Yadriel come out of his shell a whole lot. Oh, he definitely um, did. Yeah, because Julian is like out and proud about it. He's like nonchalant about it. And he's <laughs> and Yadriel was like, what would you know about LGBT issues? And Julian's like, I'm gay. And Yadriel's like, <laughs> what? Yadriel's like, out of pocket. Um, you could see the wheels spinning as Yadriel went, this is an option for me? <laughs> I did not I did not know that (laughs) Mm -hmm. and on the topic of family issues especially with uh within Latinx communities families are often like very large and all-encompassing with many aspects of your life and Julian was like I don't have parents and Yadriel was like oh fuck he doesn't have a family that's so sad but the fact of the matter is Julian does have a family it's a found family and I think that's another sentiment that a lot of LGBT people can relate to because when you are ousted from your home for being who you are, you are forced to find for yourself those who will love you like a family, mm-hmm. you know? And those accept and, you for who you are. Yeah. And I think that Yadriel also became like kind of open to that idea by the end of the book because uh, he he learned to trust the people that Julian like hung out with. Like he worked with Luca a little bit and while Maritza was kind of like that supportive force that he needed in his life, she was his family. And sometimes you just need someone outside your family, you know? Yeah, especially um, when your family is Tio Catrice, who literally tries to murder everyone in your family. <laughs> literally tried to murder your boyfriend before you even started dating him. Can't, wow. <laughs> can't get over that. Do you want to talk about the author? Let's What's up see. with the author, Chloe? You give us the deeds. I'll give you the deets on Aiden Thomas. So Cemetery Boys was Aiden Thomas's debut novel, which is like, isn't that amazing? Yeah, no, it's fantastic that it was such a well-written and well-informed book. To be Wouldn't you want to read more books by Aiden Thomas? You know, actually, I really would. Yeah, okay. Well, serious. <laughs> you're in luck because in January of this year, 2021, he came out with another book called Lost in the Neverwoods. Uh, and it sounds like an, another urban fantasy. And it's a retelling of Peter Pan. Really? Yeah, right? That's so uh, Barnesandnoble.com calls it the Peter Pan retelling we didn't know we needed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there is that. Is it a standalone? Uh, I do believe it is. Yeah, I want to say it is. This it's is another- definitely an author that I would love to like support more it was just an easy read but it was a good one right 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 yeah even though it was very simple and fluid and easy to understand it was also really informative but in a very like casual way that I didn't feel like information was being like shoved down my throat like you have to be this way it was like no this is just the way people can be and I was like yes I love it yeah I don't know what issues if any uh like social issues Aiden Thomas approaches in this book. I can't really tell because with a uh, cemetery voice, it's like very obvious. Mm-hmm. It's like Yadriel is a gay trans Latinx teen trying to prove his identity to his family. But for Lost in the Neverwoods, it's just kind of like children are going missing and there's a mystery afoot, which very interesting premise. But I would like to see more commentary 
that uh adrian thomas might have mm-hmm. or uh i just have a feeling that all of his books have like great representation do you get that vibe i get that vibe. i get that vibe <laughs> but you know there's only one way to find out <laughs> so true bestie added to the list lost in the neverwoods right do that as another book that we read if we don't have time to go through the books we were planning on <laughs> tea uh. Yeah. Is this the uh, first time we've done this? No, but we won't tell no. which book it was. <laughs> I can't even remember which book it was. I do. I'm like looking up on my shelf to like see if I can. Okay, here's a hint. Tick tock, tick tock, tick tock. Oh, it was Clockwork 3. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> did you oh. like I did the clock sound but three times, right? Yeah, that was very funny. Thank you. I'm so clever. You're so fucking funny. <laughs> uh. You know, I really believed that. Thank you. I don't know what it was. The monotone voice, the... I'm a great liar. The sarcasm laced to the end of the sentence. (laughs) So are you going to read The Lost in the Neverworld? I would like to. Do you think it's a romance? I know you said no. I hope there's romance. I also hope there's a romance because I would like another breath of fresh air, please. Thank you, Aiden Thomas. (laughs) No, literally, like his writing style is such a breath of fresh air. It's just a quick read that's like so enjoyable. Like, why wouldn't you? And the one bed trope, right? Right? It was well, like lightly I, used Julian here. sleeps on the floor. It was lightly used here, but it existed. They listened to music together in the same bed until Julian relived his death and Yadro was really freaked out about it. So he was like, you sleep on the floor now. <laughs> <laughs> Low key, if that hadn't happened, I think they would have been in this, the same bed anyway. Not also so like bestie. okay that would have been nice because like when you get really hot at night you just have a nice cold ghost to like chill you just like to like roll over cool. into right <laughs> refreshing refreshing your pillow would always stay cold that's all i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> okay one thing i have one note about the end that okay. i don't know if it was ever fully explained and it's like not even a big deal it's just like a world building thing that i was confused about Okay. Basically, so at the end, Julian comes to the Aquilare with um, Yadriel, mm-hmm. and they both see Yadriel's dead mom, because mm-hmm. she returns for Dia de Muertos. Why can Julian see ghosts if he's not a brujo? Is it because he was Julian dead? I don't think Julian saw her. No, he did. I think he addressed her by name. Hang on, I'm, I'm looking this up. Because I, I would accept it if the answer was, it's just because he had okay, died and mom, now he's back. And then she looks at, oh yeah, because he addresses her, hi Miss Villas. Yeah. And then she talks back to him, Camila. I would say it's probably, I mean, that's a really, really good question. I'd say it's probably because he was half dead. For like a really long time. <laughs> yeah. I think because Yadriel had kind of fixed the sacrifice and brought him back, that probably gave him the ability. But you're right. Does that mean those other two kids are just walking around seeing ghosts and shit? It could also be because it's uh, Dia de Muertos. Oh, that's a good question. It might be because it's only on Dia de Muertos. I don't know. I have questions, Aiden Thomas. DM me. Aiden (laughs) Thomas? (laughs) Aiden Thomas, this, I have questions. This can be our TikTok teaser, and you can just tag Aiden Thomas and be like, please. Does he have a TikTok? Yes. That's how I got on the Cemetery Boys. Wait, what? Right? I didn't know that. Yeah. They have some great videos, too. Oh, my God. Pretty exciting. Wait, I need to follow them. Right? I think, we, I think we follow them on the Young Adult account. Do we? If okay. not, we will. I can't believe I didn't know that they had a TikTok. I'm mad now. <laughs> you should be. It's really embarrassing for you, Bestie. All that research... <laughs> All that research, and I still didn't know he had a TikTok. You're like, Twitter? And I'm like, TikTok. You're like, anyway. 
Anyway, who's the younger one of us? I'm just kidding. Listen, Grandma. <laughs> oh my God! Someone should put you in a box floating down the river, Grandma. I'm gonna anyway. be like, I can almost still hear his voice to this day. I'm not dead. <laughs> Is there anything else you want to cover before we go into ratings? Honestly, my biggest complaint was the the translations and the fact I wish there had been a little bit more mystery throughout. But I loved the romance. I can't be mad about that, you know? Oh my god, it was such a good romance. It was so good. They are so good together. Also, when Julian was like in the shopping market, like in the grocery store, and they're like just piling all kinds of food in there, and he's like skipping down the halls. <laughs> that was so funny. I was like, this is so Okay, cute. but for real, who wants Taki's Limon? Wake up, it's the only way to go. Julian's on to something. Hadra's you know? <laughs> like, you are definitely not. <laughs> not it's like all. you're a disgrace to your people. Right? <laughs> also, did he even get to eat any of that? They I were mean, kind he of can, dying. He can eat whatever he wants now. So. so true. He can have that cheeseburger that he was taunting Maurice over. Right. Honor, what would you rate this book? Oh my God, thank you for asking. I give this book a 4.75 out of 5 stars. Oh my God, why? What, where is it the translations that it lost points in? Partly the translation and partly because I wanted a little more mystery throughout rather than just all at the mm. end, you're like, whoa. <laughs> I agree. Because I, I think we could have still had that whoa aspect, but still had like hints towards it a little bit more. So yeah, I would have liked that. That's, that's, I mean, it's so, it's so close. It was so close. So close. Yeah. Uh, who, who would you recommend this book to? Um, I would say anybody, honestly. I feel like this was just a really well done story. It's very light, very refreshing, very easy to go through. Anyone in a Halloween mood, read this book. If you're spooky and gay, read this book. <laughs> read this book. Uh, also, I feel like if you're looking for a, kind of an understanding of the trans community and kind of like what they go through in a way to like better approach them and be allies, I feel like this has a good starting point for that mm-hmm. I mean definitely you need to do research and do more than just this book but I feel oh, like this absolutely. is a good like starting point to get some understanding mm-hmm. Chloe how would you rate this book I'm gonna I'm gonna rate it a 4.5 out of 5 oh uh, because, because you? I agree I wish it had had more mystery I love the romance but I feel like the mystery just came all at the end very quick because like I was literally like waiting for it to happen I was like is this even gonna get resolved in this book because like the the pages kept dwindling and I was I only have like 40 pages left when is this gonna go down they went down the (laughs) stairs and it was like no this is suddenly not a romance this is a mystery (laughs) no literally like it got real spooky real quick like the 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 light switch flipped and you're like oh I forgot this was what we were here for (laughs) I wish along with the romance it had more of an investigative uh, aspect to it in relation to Miguel's murder Miguel Mm -hmm. and Julian's murder as a as opposed to just like meeting up with Julian's friends and family to make sure they're okay and then him wanting to pass on yeah I thoroughly agree I would also recommend this like of course I'd recommend it to everybody but specifically to people perhaps the parents of children perhaps the parents in like a traditionally conservative household who don't understand but they're trying to Mm-hmm. I would recommend this to them to read as like a jumping off point. Maybe make it a buddy read with your kid, like Aww. discuss it with them. That'd be cute. Maybe like turn it into a good parenting moment. I hope it'd be a good parenting moment. Uh, hopefully if you're willing to do this, you're a good parent. Uh, but if, if, if you're not a good parent, you probably wouldn't even 
humor the idea of reading this in the first place Mm -hmm. with the goal of understanding of course yeah that's that's my verdict on cemetery boys i like that it was a good good verdict (laughs) thank you shall we get into the outro let's get into the outro thank you so much for listening uh we upload episodes bi-weekly that is once every two weeks on fridays not twice a week i would die i would literally die if we had to do that eh. much reading Eh. you know like (laughs) (laughs) we also have other social media including instagram tiktok youtube and goodreads so follow us there leave a like you can also drop suggestions on any one of our social medias uh, we also have a Q&A function on Spotify now where you can drop some suggestions there. I forgot to mention it, but all of our handles are at Young Adult Adult Reviews. So true, Bestie. That's absolutely all of our handles for everything. Uh-huh. Um, it's like we planned it out. That's crazy. Uh, <laughs> if you made it this far, we thank you so much. We're extremely grateful for you. Thank you for listening to our labors of love and unsolicited opinions. And as always, that's a wrap. That was good. That was like ASMR vibes. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween.